Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official podcast for Shondaland TGIT Thursday nights. That stands for thank God, thank gosh, thank golly Moses, it's Thursday, <laughs> which is a fine day of the week and especially fine because all these really good television shows are on. So I'm here today to talk about one of my favorite episodes of Scandal, certainly in recent memory, um, which is called It's Good to Be Kink, which is such an awesome title. And here to talk to me about that is one of my favorite people in the world, by far, phenomenal actress, environmentalist, and real estate fanatic, <laughs> Darby Stanchfield, of course, who plays Abby in this episode, who has a prominent role in, I would say, this entire episode is sort of, it's a little bit like All About Abby. In the world of kink. In the world of kink. <laughs> yes. And I think we come to the really embarrassing conclusion that we've always known that Abby has a wild side, but it turns out that in the the book, which... Um, it includes butter. It now. includes butter, apparently. <laughs> and all I could think of, of course, was Last Tango in Paris. Guys, don't watch that. Who are listening to this? That's yes. a gross reference. But two guys in the book. Of two Sue's different book. chapters. Yes. Quite impressive. Two, who knows what else is in Abby's past. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was really surprised. <laughs> I mean, I, when we were, did the table read, I had heard that there was this dominatrix, and I, and I knew that it wasn't Abby. So I, so I knew I was off the hook there. I have to tell you the funniest thing. I was sitting between Josh Molina and Paul Edelstein for the table read, and we all knew that there was something going on with this kink dominatrix and that they had something to do with it. I have never seen two grown men so restless at a table read. They were turning pages <laughs> in the future, like 10 pages out and kind of looking around over their shoulder. I, I, that alone was the best part of the day, table read, was watching how nervous they were. Which is super awesome. Somehow I was staying very calm, even though I, yeah, even though Abby's in the middle of all of it, but. Well, I think that Abby's name wasn't in the book, but Abby makes, one of my favorite speeches in the history of Scandal is yes. the Abby speech about what it's like when you date a guy publicly and. What happens to you happens to me. What happens to you happens to me. And the mm -hmm. whole idea that as press secretary, every single aspect of your personage is picked over by the press, which is true of actresses. It's yes. true of press secretaries. It's true of women. It's true of women. And yeah. that, a lot of the point of this episode is also in that great speech that Lena Dunham as yes. Sue gives, which the is. The double standard, yes. The double standard of the whole thing and how threatening and empowering are very weirdly connected yes, within our culture, sword, yeah. which is just incredibly interesting. And I think... And those monologues that Shonda wrote, I mean, they're just... And the scandal writers wrote, I mean, they're just... They just nail it. It was so fun to say that speech. And, you know, they're such good issues. And I love the way they were brought up in such an entertaining context. I know. There's also something really odd to me about... There's just, I think it's the scene with Leo where he's exercising the entire scene. Yes. I think he did like 200 burpees. I was just about to say, I was yes. like so amazed at Paul Edelstein's physical fitness level yeah. because he I'm thinking... He choreographed it all the night before with his wife. Did he <laughs> yes, really? they did. They went over exercises, you know, what would be sort of the funniest and most complicated. So he had a whole routine. So by the time we got there, he knew exactly what he was going to do. Oh my God. It was, yeah. it was genius. He was quite sore the next day though, because we kept shooting over and over and over. We got that scene the night before, actually. So while he was busy designing exercises, I was learning the two-page monologue. <laughs> and... Um, because I didn't have a lot of time to prepare it, we had to do a little extra shooting, which means he had to do a little extra burpees and push-ups and squats <laughs> and sit-ups. So he was quite sore when we were finished and not so happy with me, I think. 
I would imagine yeah. that probably there was it was a little bit of a of a mixed bag about that. And I, I, that's a terrible thing because it's a little bit like if you get a line wrong, the stakes are incredibly high <laughs> because then it's to start all over again, and you're just like, ah, oh, sweetie. Yes, but we do have the best editors in the it's world. Just, they really do. They really do sort of save us there. It feels like. <laughs> exactly. Now, you didn't actually get to do much with Lena. I didn't, no. I met her in the hair and makeup trailer, and I I knew, I had heard, well, I saw on Twitter, she was a humongous Scandal fan. A gigantic. And I think she mentioned it at, like, the Emmys or something a couple of years ago. She did, and she also did a Scandal um, That's right. sketch on Saturday Night Live. On Saturday yep. Night Live, right, where she got to play a real airheady gladiator in a really... She was an intern, I think. Yes, yeah. in a very long wig. Blonde one, maybe, with yep. a giggle. This is my favorite Saturday Night Live skit I think I've seen. No, I thought that, yeah, yeah no, this is absolutely awesome. And she's always been super... We have a sort of fan club where we're big fans of hers, and mm -hmm. she's fans of the show and love, um, love so girls. it was really it was really fun to see her do this and do something she was great it was fun to have her I mean so we got to talk in the hair and makeup trailer and she was the nicest person so cool so smart you know sort of everything she's um no she is pretty cool and one of my favorite things was she was super super excited about getting her throat slit <laughs> I mean, that was, looked so real. It so real, and she was super excited. And I, th my understanding from talking her to people was... Her dead face was amazing. Her dead face was great, but I understand that that was a process that I think Katie Loves has good stories about oh, really? discussing dead faces at great oh, length. Oh, I, I need to hear the which story I think eventually. Is, okay. But she, her dead face, I got to say, for all of you who watched, one of the best dead faces I've it ever was. seen. It was. Her mouth was open, but not to open too wide. Same thing with the eyes. She Glazed got the glassy eyes. eyes. The glassy how, eyes. How did she do that? She must wear contacts. She's just <laughs> super method she about her glassy eye stare. or breathe or anything. It was amazing. Pretty, pretty incredible. And then kind of shocking when Huck slits, slits her throat. Yes. Did not see that coming. Yeah. One of my favorite things about that episode is I don't see those two trains crashing. Yeah. Yeah. Like his immunity thing and this. Mm. You don't connect them also because he clearly really likes the girl. I know. They have that little moment in the in the conference room I'm where Huck. she says, hi, I'm Sue. And he says, I'm Huck. And I'm like, oh no, here's another chapter that's going in the book. Then there's Charlie who blows the date, which I think I is know, really... I know. He talks about staple gunning her feet to the <laughs> floor. Just... I love Charlie. He's such an awkward dater. <laughs> he really is. You know, and you're sort of wondering, was he given good instructions on that? Wasn't he supposed to stall <laughs> he her? He that for dessert. I would think that maybe you would at least want to have an appetizer right, or something. At least. But he just kind of went where he needed to go. Now, at the main, like, meantime in this, this episode, you've got the Melly and Elizabeth storyline, yes. where Melly now is going to become senator, hopefully. She's, she's senator running for senator. Senator Virginia, yes. Cyrus is always is beleaguered and there's that wonderful moment where he's going to give oh. money to, to pay to keep Abby in the job and then you realize it's really he just it, wants the book. He really doesn't care about it. I mean is, even when Abby comes in and says so Cyrus I'm involved in this thing and it's all just going to come out and, and I'm going to hand him my resignation. He's like fine yeah that's good you know you're the you know the other press secretaries have died but yeah no, no problem. We were shooting that and I was like wow that's all Cyrus is going to give Abby that's it. Get out, get out I'm busy now. Amazing. So yes. But that's also, to me, that moment of Cyrus is very much like Huck slitting Sue's throat. It's that moment of like, oh, right. Cyrus doesn't really care about Abby. He just wants more power in this. He just wants more power to be able to protect the president or keep the president in that's office. Absolutely, that's absolutely that's right. That's it. Yeah, I know you think about, look. Not one he, sentimental. He almost had his husband killed. And secretly, Jeff Perry and I, we always try to work in these moments of being sentimental. We always, he says this to me. He's like, I, w I want Cyrus to care about Abby. So he try, but it never. You know, it always <laughs> either gets edited out or it's just, the writing just takes over and no love there. No love there. No loyalty. And now you've got like Jake and the president having some weird cabal over Olivia right now, which I'm finding very creepy myself. That's but right. He's sharing his fine scotch with Jake. 
Where are you? You've only gotten scotch once, to once. my count. Once. And for, as far as I know, Abby hooks them up with a number one scotch. She's going to call the queen of England and get the real scotch. And where's the payback? Nothing. Nothing. You it, just got Leah Bergen in your house I'm doing in burpees. barely in the White House doing burpees. It's just the weirdest <laughs> lifestyle choice that you have. I'm just... Although I, I do have to say, I love Abby's apartment. I do, too. I was just about Set to say deck. that. They did I'm an amazing... I'm so excited about Abby's apartment. They did an amazing job at that. The exposed brick. The really color. Nice. I love the colors. I Five love the Bed. pillows on the bed. Fabulous. Love it. Lots of hiding. <laughs> all really good. I thought that's all really good. And then, you know, the other thing, because this episode is so chock-block full of stuff, as yes. they always are, Liv's getting back on the horse. She is. She finally got back on the horse. I, I didn't think the see... book inspired her. I think the book inspired me, and I didn't even read the book. <laughs> but I got so excited about the book and what was in the book and what we don't know is in the book. That's my favorite I part. I know, I know. I really like it when she goes back to the bar, the same bar, yep. and the same guy comes up to her, and he's like, so you're, and she says, oh yeah, I'm real, when he says, I thought you were in my imagination, but they pick up like she never ran out. I just love that they just pick right back up. It didn't matter that she ran out the first time, and they cut right to the chase, and maybe that sexy. Maybe that dude's used to girls running out the first time. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's like a Washington mating ritual. So good. Well, and I love that black leather dress she was wearing, and the hair, like her whole, and the lipstick. And all the eyeshadow. I know. The, all the eyeshadow. The eyeshadow, there's a Can whole... we talk about that, the that, eyeshadow That could have been a whole act about just the eyeshadow. I know. I mean, a whole, like, Olivia Pope, new look. Totally there's new look. There's fashion blogs about that. I think there absolutely are. Yeah, now, there should be also drinking blogs about the <laughs> fact that apparently she's drinking two bottles of wine for dinner every night. I know. I, that concerns me a little sure bit. Healthy. I was like, does Huck Jake... Wait, Jake says... He, Jake knows that, but he doesn't seem to be concerned. He should say I think if takeout. Abby knew, she would be a little worried. She's not bringing any takeout home. Somebody should drop by and get some Getty's burgers and just leave them for Something. her. Something. I mean, at least a box of dry cereal. Dry cereal would be good, too. <laughs> like, what? We all like dry cereal. There's nothing wrong with dry cereal. Sauce Lisa. up the wine. <laughs> Put something in your it stomach like if a you're going to drink all that. It really, really is like yes. a sponge. It's yes. like absolutely true. Yeah, I think I think this has been. I think it's a really good episode. Just in analysis of we've yes. had like I think the amazing lawn chair episode, which looks at the division of cultures in our city. And I think this episode, in a very both humorous and serious way, really continues to look of like what are the things we're continually fighting against, no matter how hard we try. Certain things in culture just don't seem to be able to be changed sure. overnight, which is just super frustrating. Yes, and women in both public and professional arenas and and private arenas. What it means to be a woman and the double standards that men don't face. Yes, I thought it was articulated very well. Hello. And explored very well in this Hello. episode. I absolutely agree with you on that, and I, th I think you're very, very wise. Are you finding Abby this season super different? She's quite different this season. She's not as sassy as other seasons, for one thing. I think she's trying so hard to get in the bubble of the White House and do a good job that, you know, she had to put a little bit of that aside. It's just been fun, the new road that Abby's been taking. And it's been great as an actor just to work, be working with Jeff Perry and Tony Goldwyn and Bellamy Young. I mean, those three actors, I had not, I'd only done one scene within a flashback and we never actually that. said any words to each other. We just sat across from a table at each other. And the whole time I was thinking, those three people are on a TV show that I watch every Thursday night <laughs> that I occasionally see at a table read. But now I actually get to talk to them and be in that world. So having a blast this season. It's so funny. And see, it's, it's, I think it's bad for me because I know that feeling of you look at you guys and I forget that you're people. <laughs> 
Like I see you and I'm like, oh yeah, this is so weird I'm having a conversation with you because I only see you in editing and then I'll see you in real life and be like, sure. oh, that's right. You're like, shouldn't you be at the press secretary at shouldn't the Shouldn't you be in that, one of those outfits? You know, I, my theory on Abby is that I think Abby was sassy because Abby's job was, it was not well defined. I think Abby was always trying to find what her job was at OPA because on one hand she was like Liv's best friend and mm -hmm. the strong person, but on the other hand she never was given the rope yeah. that she wanted and I think weirdly this job She's working a lot harder than she was. Absolutely. And not reacting to people's emotional states as much as she was. She's turned it into a profitable industry for herself in a yeah. high profile job, which means she doesn't need to be as wisecracking. That's a really lovely assessment. I like right? that. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think she's taken her experience at OPA and become more Olivia Pope like. I mean, she is having to help put out fires in the White House and do damage control or manage things. So I think all of those lessons and all of that history, but she has a way bigger responsibility. So I think she doesn't, she also just doesn't have as much time to be sassy. Think back to season two, if the president called her Gabby, you know, she would have said something back and gotten thrown out of the White House and fired. I do also think that, uh, and this is a theory of mine going mm -hmm. back to Harrison's death. I think press secretary taking a new road, forming a new identity, in a way, was a, is a way to deal with a lot, a really hard loss. That's one way that people can grieve. That's one way, is to just almost bury it and move on. And I, I feel like there's something really, it was addressed at the beginning of the season when Olivia Pope had left town and Abby, you know, really didn't forgive her for a long time for abandoning her and the rest of the gladiators. And then, um, so I just think there's something there too about dealing with grief and change and using change to sort of get on with things. But yet it's also turned into like a whole career for her. She's done quite well. Right. And I also love the arc of Olivia and Abby's relationship this year and how they've gone to bat for each other. And Abby actually got to save Olivia, finally pay her back this season and, you know, get a hold of Stephen who was working for Interpol, through Interpol and get her out of that nasty auction and just get her back. Yeah, no, um, I think you're right. That was such a great full circle um, storyline for Abby and Olivia because Olivia's always saving Abby Olivia. as she is in this episode. As she is in this episode, but then, yeah, it's it's interesting because it's like everybody's, Abby comes in and says, I need to be saved, and Olivia tries to save her, and then Huck saves himself. It's that whole Cyrus saves himself. Yes. That the, the thing that I really like about the relationship with Abby, and weirdly with Quinn, too, who says, you know, like, they, they all I feel like... I love Quinn in this episode. Yeah, it's Quinn in this episode, mm -hmm. who's strangely the moral compass of the episode in a lot of ways. I know. Who she literally really comes to terms with what Huck does by saying, that Abby's part of the scene. family, and you mm -hmm. need to protect Abby, so you can't ask how this happened or what happened. And I love how she delivered that. It was so calm. I got choked up when I watched that, actually. I did, too. I thought that was really... Yeah, really well done. Really, really super impressive. Now, as always, we have fan questions for Yay. you, and you're not going to be surprised to hear that there are 18 pages of fan <laughs> questions for you, which Yay. is um, which is super impressive. The gladiators are the best. Okay, now Zoe says at Walshie Pompeo, if season four Abby could give season one Abby any advice, what would it be? Walshie Pompeo, hi. Season four Abby could give season one Abby any advice. If you go two blocks down the street from Olivia Pope and Associates, you can find a really great drugstore where there's a curling iron. <laughs> And you should use it because your hair is very straight. 
in that plus or sassy attitude, you're just not going to get a date. Just no one's going to date you. You know, and I also think in season <laughs> one, a lot of tight leather jackets and slightly, <laughs> slightly intimidating wardrobe choices as well, which yeah. was, which was, I think her defenses were up. I think I would probably oh, say yeah. to Abby, you know what? You can put your defenses up or you can take your defenses down, but if you keep growing, you don't need the defenses. That's right. There were so many layers. I remember saying to Lynn Powell, more layers. We would just layer. <laughs> and then I'd see people out on the streets and they're like, you're so tiny compared to real, compared to being on Scandal. I was like, well, I was wearing four layers of clothes because, you know, Abby's very clothed off. So I am wearing actually 10 pounds less clothes right now. And that's why I seem a little smaller. And it's, it's TV. It's a, uh, it's, it's no, it, it is amazing. It's like, I met Allison Tolman, who was on Fargo yeah. and spent all that time in, <laughs> and the poor woman, I expected a parka <laughs> to walk in my office. And I'm such a huge fan of her. So I think she's such a good actress. But it made me laugh so hard. She came in and she was like lovely and, you know, just right. like beautiful and like perfectly shaped. And I kept looking at her. She said, I know, I know. You were You're expecting, expecting the parka. Hair shape <laughs> up down, right? Exactly. With you, I expect three leather jackets, a sweater, a turtleneck, exactly. a yes. hat, some sunglasses, and maybe mm -hmm. some kicky shoes. A belt shoes. and a, you know, a tank top <laughs> and zippers everywhere. So Aquarius gal Kim and Nienna Tonks wants to know versions of the same question, which is if you could switch roles for, with anybody for a day on Scandal, who would you want to play? Well... You know, lately, Quinn has been doing an awful lot of, I mean, she's sort of like in an action movie. She's running around a lot. She's torturing people. She pulls, I mean, in this last episode, she pulls a gun out, you know, when she hears that Sue's in trouble in her, in her apartment. She drives a really great Mercedes. She wears leather boots and jeans. It'd be fun to be Quinn for a day. Because right now, Quinn is so opposite of of Abby and it would be fun to just fill those shoes for a day. Although I will say the only way that she's like Abby, she is doing all the, she's boarding the cases. She's the one putting up the photos and. That's right. That's, that is where she sort of she's filled Abby's shoes there. there. Gabs Gabs wants to know that she says, you've definitely stepped up your fashion game this season. What's your favorite new item? Gabs Gabs, I agree with you. I'll be really honest. There's a dream sequence that happens in the dream, Olivia's dream sequence that happens in Run where Abby pops out behind a haystack and tells Olivia that the dream's not real and <laughs> she needs right. to get her, That's you know right. what, together and Huck's, you know, what she's got this dog and she, would she leave Huck? There is this black, it's not really, anybody's really gonna know, know until they go back and look at it. There's a black ankle length Armani coat that I'm wearing in that dream sequence that you will never see again because it's a dream sequence and that's so it's just belongs to the dream. I tried that on the first day of our wardrobe session this year and I loved it so much I went and bought one. You know what? I remember because you came in and I said, <laughs> I, I really want your coat and you were like, well, you can't have it, bitch. You can't have it. It's mine. Because I bought this. So, so that's you... my fa that was my gift to myself for the next 10 years. Good job. <laughs> so... I think that answers another question, which is what is one piece of clothing that you would like to keep? 10 years salary. That would, would like be it. Cheap. There, there you go. It's really, it's amazing. I mean, Abby's almost fully in Paul Smith, Hugo Boss, Armani, and Dolce Gabbana this year. It's, she's not messing around, Lynn Palo. No Abby, and Tiff, and let's talk about Tiffany's is lending jewelry. It's all this beautiful Tiff, they're one of their new, their new lines that's out. And it's, I mean, we lock it up in a safe at night. It's just gorgeous. And I get to wear it every day. Now, so is that exciting. the T-line? Yes. I love the T-line. I know, it's so... I like it because it's very powerful when I put it on. It feels slightly masculine. It's kind of chunky. It's got a nice weight to it. It does. It's and very... And I like yep. that Abby's not in flimsy jewelry. I think in that position, it makes sense for me to wear really chunky, powerful... Stronger pieces. Yeah, stronger pieces, yes. A lot of people are asking sort of the same versions of questions, which is, do you miss rolling with OPA? Ida Busk specifically at I bugs. do. I do. It's funny, when I watch episodes of Scandal, I mean, I'm 
really enjoying what I'm doing. I'm loving working with the other half of the Scandal cast. But I'll watch episodes and I'll see like what happened, what's going on at OPA. And I miss seeing Abby sort of in that mix. Now, Lizzie at Liscariola wants to know, what's your favorite city in the world and why? Probably my favorite city in the world is Rome. Mm. I've only been a couple of times. I love Rome. It's a combination of the most amazing history and the levels of history. I mean, there's ancient Rome and then there's sort of a Renaissance period and then there's modern everyday Rome. I mean, it's just layers of civilization built upon top of each other and they're all existing right there. And it's a really fast city and kind of crazy energy and there's lots to do and the food's insanely good and the wine is insanely good and the people are insanely alive. And so I just, every time I go, I just want to come back and I don't want to sleep. So yeah, that's probably one of my favorite cities in the world. It's a pretty awesome city. Back to the show, H at Ariane Montgomery wants to know is what's the funniest thing about filming scenes with Jeff Perry? Because you guys seem to be <laughs> hilarious together. He, what is the funniest thing? I love working with Jeff. I think I get a kick out of things that he does to sort of get into character as Cyrus. He does this sort of, he'll do a couple of uh, behavioral things like as, I mean, because really if you think about it, Cyrus is always on the brink of a heart attack. So he has to keep <laughs> up at a certain level. So there are a couple things that Jeff Perry does. He paces a lot, he drinks a lot of coffee, and he does this breathing thing, like before he starts maybe a scene or something. I mean, we're doing a podcast, so, you know, I can't physically show people, but it's just this, <sighs> or something, and it's just, he does this breath, and he does, he, he sort of looks like he's got Tourette's for a second. Darby this. is pulling her arms out, and she, they're akimbo, but and his they whole are, face, and then there's this breath. They're very rigid, and, and he does this whole thing, and then he starts the scene, and I, when I see that, I just, it's the best thing in the world. It makes me so happy to be alive and be acting with Jeff Perry. He really brings a twitchy, strange energy <laughs> to the does. entire procedure, doesn't he? he does. But I mean, he's brilliant. So whatever, you know, every actor, it takes a different thing to plug into the process. And his process is so brilliant because he's there every take. He's Cyrus. Um, Gabs Gabs wants to know, do you still cook and bring stuff to set? And if so, what's the most recent thing you've made? Okay, I'll tell you something. Yeah, I have a smoothie right here in my bag that Nicely I just done. posted on Twitter on Meatless Monday, including the recipe. It's sitting in a cooler bag right now. I'm not even shooting today, and I brought something with me. So what's what's the recipe? But here's the deal. <laughs> three cups of water, three cups of spinach, a cucumber peeled and chopped, a whole avocado, a tablespoon of chia seeds, and a whole lemon, squeezed, just the lemon juice, in a blender, pulverize it until it's like pureed. And it's the, oh, and sea salt to taste, not like a lot of salt, so I make it a little on the salty side. It's like a smoothie without any real sugar, but there's a lot of nice green stuff in there. And nice. the chia seeds give it a beautiful texture and the avocado kind of thickens it up. It's almost like a chilled soup. Mm, sounds great. And I, yeah, I, so I do. I cook all the time and I never share. I never bring enough to share with anybody. <laughs> I'm a total and utter You're kind selfish of a cow, pig. Actually. You're I am. A cow. Now, I always like to end with Bobblehead Lives because God bless Bobblehead yes, Lives. Bobblehead Lives. Um, if your childhood toys came to life, what would you do? And besides, if you were talking to them, what would be your topics of conversation? Bobblehead, this question has many parts. So let me just see <laughs> if I can dig through it. What, what childhood toys of yours would come to life? I mean, I sort of was outdoors playing all the time in the mud and the snow and the ocean. So I did have this one toy that I can think of that would come to life because it was one of the only 
consistent ones I can remember. No, I did have Barbie dolls. They'd come to life. But I had this little beanbag doll. For a long time, it was like a sleepy doll, but to me, it just looked sad. And in my imagination, I had adopted this doll. Like, it wasn't my, like, I didn't play with babies, didn't play mama or, Not you know, to either. the baby. But I had taken pity upon this very sleepy, sad looking bean, and it was a beanbag doll, so it was also very limp and slack. Oh, so, that, so this, no one else was going to adopt this, this doll. So it was, I, I took it with me everywhere. I put it on my bed, but it was more like, hey, I'll look after you. You stick by me, kid. It's all going to be okay. That's very protective yeah. and nice. I don't know what the doll would say. Thank you. I'm maybe, hungry. Maybe the doll just go. <laughs> nah. I, the doll might be resentful that I didn't play mother to it. I, so maybe the we doll's really, pissed off someplace. Maybe. The beanbag There's pissed off. Possibly. Like I, I had a Mary Poppins doll that I really liked and I used to play act with her and uh -huh. with my Barbie. But I also like, I had a sock monkey named Timmy. A sock monkey that yeah. I still have actually. I, Do you? I still have Timmy. And I think that there's a possibility that my dog's voice now is very similar to the sock monkey's <laughs> voice then. Because I really only do one voice with inanimate objects. But I don't think he said much either. Like, I think I probably did most of the talking. Probably why you and I get along. We do. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have baby dolls. They were not very conversational. No. I think it was probably a lot of, come on, Timmy. See, that's the ironic thing. why did I call the suck monkey Timmy? I have no idea. My doll didn't ever have a name. What's that about? <laughs> What's that about bobblehead lives? Hey, bobblehead lives. Let's blog about let's, that bobblehead lives. Let's blog about lives. that because that's <laughs> super interesting. Well, golly Moses, it's been riveting speaking with you, Dorothy. <laughs> we didn't even get into our other obsession, which is real estate and house shows. So, but we'll do that next time and talk about gardening because that's another thing I could do for hours with thing. you. It's a whole other thing that we just, we both look at houses and think, oh, look at that. I could live there with my sock monkey and my strange <laughs> like beanbag doll. That would be good. That's right. A place for beanbag. <laughs> A new, a new book. Um, thank you so much for doing this and taking your day off, no less, to trump thank your you. ass in here and sit down and keep well, me company. Well, I have my green smoothie with me. You so do have I can your go green anywhere. smoothie. You can, actually. <laughs> you absolutely can. Grey's Anatomy next week is called With or Without You. And I think Meredith's got a lot on her plate. And she's trying to figure out what to do about Derek. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Owen gets a big shock from his family. And a bunch of other cool stuff happens. And also, you guys, it's directed by Chandra Wilson. So... Really good reason to watch it, even if you're not watching Grey's Anatomy, because is an amazing director. Scandal. Episode is called Put a Ring on It. Michael gets himself in a bad situation, and the gladiators launch into damage control. So that's going to be really fun to watch, and I love this episode. Cyrus and Michael are quite amazing to watch together, and it's actually, I think, a really kind of moving episode in, in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, I can't get enough of that B613. I'm also going to tell you some of your favorite people that you might not have seen in a little while are going to be on this episode. So it's Yay. a really, really good reason to tune in. If you watch Scandal and Grey's Anatomy, you can also tune into American Crime, a fine new television program on ABC, which is at 10 o'clock. So remember, Grey's Anatomy, 8 o'clock, ABC, Thursday. Scandal, 9 o'clock. ABC Thursday and American Crime at 10 o'clock at ABC on Thursday. Thank you for following all of our Shondaland shows on Twitter, liking them on Facebook, and getting caught up on the ABC.com or the Watch ABC app. If you miss an episode or you really love an episode and you just want to watch the episode over and over and over again because you didn't quite check out that outfit of Abby's, the black coat. So you might want to go back and watch Run because it's worth it. Freeze it. Take a photo of the coat. It's an awesome coat. I saw it in person. I tried to take it off her body, but it only went up on my ankle. Tell your friends to subscribe to this wacky-ass podcast at iTunes.com slash backslash Sondaland. I'm going to be back next week with another wacky-ass podcast. Until then, you should have a safe and incredibly great week. Take care. This is Betsy Beers. Bye-bye.